0: Welcome to the I Made This For You podcast with your host, Joelle DeGinia. On today's episode, we have Natalie Johnson. Natalie is an author and illustrator who focuses on social justice. We talk about her upcoming book, A Black Love Letter, that she co-wrote and illustrated with author Cole Brown, and I hope you enjoy. Natalie Johnson, welcome to the I Made This For You podcast. You're coming out with a book next month. Can you tell us a little bit more about that
1: and how you came up with A Black Love Letter? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here Um, Yes, I am an author slash artist, and I'm coming out with my first book called Black Love Letters, which is an anthology of, you know, a bunch of different Black writers ruminating on the topic of love and what it means to be both Black and loved in America. And I came up with the idea initially in the spring of 2020, when the world felt like it was on fire Um, during this profound moment of social isolation um, and social upheaval. Um, Right after the death of George Floyd, uh, we started seeing a wave of protests in New York where I was quarantining. Um, And I had this moment of like, I need to do something um, and I want to connect people and I want to create something that is deeply affirming of black life in a moment where everything was, was saying the opposite. So I turned to my best friend who I was living with and I asked her like, what do you think of this idea of asking people to write love letters to each other, um, to black people, black people to themselves or to vague concepts like hair or God, if they're religious um, or to home or, you know to their moms or to their fathers or their sisters or to their partners. Um, And as an artist, I then would take these letters and um, create a piece of illustration in response to them to essentially like illustrate a narrative based off of it. Um, and the purpose of the illustration was to like honor these letters um, and to bring some sort of visual element to them. And I found that like through black and white illustration um, cause that's my kind of specialty. There was actually like this really interesting challenge to create something you know, unique out of like a very, very simple medium. But there was a kind of softening that happened, I think, around these letters once the illustration had been paired with them. And they just lived online. Like um, the initial project, there was about 13 writers um, involved and it was a small little group of people, um, you know, with some like diversity in terms of like their notoriety Um, But a lot of them were just like friends, (laughs) that I'd asked, creative friends. Um, And it was like pretty profound. Um, It was this moment of like trying to create some clarity for yourself to process this really profound and heavy moment in the US and to process some grief that people were going through um, and just to sit with some joy as well. Um, And so one of the first writers I asked to be a part of it was my good friend, Cole Brown, who is an author as well. Um, He had just come out with his memoir called Gray Boy. um, And he was living in Australia at the time. And Cole and I were friends, but we'd we'd also worked together previously. Um, For his book, he wanted to do something like a little bit different. And he asked me to illustrate a couple chapters of his book, like read a couple chapters, respond to them, and create something that would sit at the beginning of each chapter to introduce it. Um, And so I said, sure. And we worked together to create these like pretty simple black and white illustrations. Um, And that kind of was the initial seed of black love letters in the form that we ended up following. And he loved this idea, you know, I'm so grateful that he was like so moved by it. Um, And he saw something that I don't think I did early on, You know. This was a small project that just lived online. And a couple months later, he said, Natalie, I think we could work together to make this a book. Um, and I was really apprehensive <laughs> um, and nervous just because I wanted to do, you know, this project justice. And I started to get really nervous about how I would take responsibility for these letters and like, do these authors justice? Like they were trusting us with their love stories and, you know. Their grief stories and like all these different transformation stories, and so I was starting to get nervous about what that would mean. Um, but then, in walked John Legend and his team at Get Lifted, um, which just like it changed the entire the entire ballpark. Um, we pitched this idea to the um, team called Get Lifted, um, Get Lifted Film Co., which was started by John Legend, Mike Jackson. And they had an imprint deal with this small independent publisher called Zando, um, which was started by Molly Stern, who was Michelle Obama's former book editor. And we pitched it to them and they just said, go do this project and just like, go run, run to the hills with this project and just come up with as many different like understandings of love and pull them all together. Um, And so we got that deal with them about two and a half years ago, I think. Um, and have since gathered almost 50 letters from black writers. Um, and it's just transformed into this like big, beautiful, unexpected collection of definitions <laughs> about love. Um, and it's it's pretty profound, but the book comes out next month, this time next month, which I'm really excited and honestly nervous for. Um, so it's both letters and illustrations on the topic of love, and they are so deeply diverse and and wonderful. When
0: you're picking these letters, what was the thought process? Because when I researched, I understood there was five categories that you asked mm-hmm. the authors to fall under. How did you come up with these categories? Can you explain them a little? And obviously, it's you said it's to soften blackness and to give hope. But like, what were these categories, and how did you?
1: Right. Mm. Yeah, I, I do have to credit my partner, Cole, in creating these categories. We knew that we wanted to organize the book um, in a certain way, um, and we wanted there to be themes. Um, and it was his idea to break the book up into the themes of awe, care, gr- loss, transformation, Um Yes, those are the those are the themes. <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. um, just making sure. Uh, and we landed with those because they were broad enough, um, where any of these letters could be a combination of these themes, right? Like, my father, who actually participated in the book, wrote about um my grandmother, who has been suffering from dementia for the past like 15 years, um, and that letter was definitely about the loss of her memory, but it was also a letter that showed deep care for his mother um, and for his children. Um, But at the same time, we wanted letters, we wanted to organize the book in a way that reflected the diversity of the letters. So there were a lot of, there were a lot of reckonings in the book, I would say, um, that ended up falling under the category of like some sort of transformation. You are not the same as, you know, when you began writing this letter, um, you've landed in a different place. Um, and so transformation was a really important category that we um, that we landed with. Sorry, I'm like just making sure I'm thinking about all the letters while I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, one of my favorite letters in the book was by this writer, Tracy Mikkel Lewis Gagets. And it was this breathtaking letter to her hometown of Louisville, Kentucky. Um, And she was really, um, actually another theme that we had in the book now I'm remembering is ambivalence. So mixed feelings, it's both good and bad. Um, And we wanted to expand the definition of what a love letter could be um, because love is not just like bright and sunny, um, romantic partnership between two people, it's larger in the sense of like chosen family and the power of a village. Um, And that's not always sunny, (laughs) you know, these these bonds and the sense of kinship can be really complicated. Hence why we created ambivalence um, and the sense of transformation. Um, So Tracy wrote this beautiful letter to Louisville, Kentucky, her hometown, um, that was very complicated. it's about her love for this city um, and these really tender moments from her childhood. But at the same time, it's reckoning with Louisville, Kentucky being this place where Brianna Taylor could be killed in her sleep and how it had always been that city. and she calls it home. How do you reckon with something like that? you know? Um, even smaller, like down to her, her household, It's reckoning with um, sexual abuse from her childhood. But her love of her family at the same time, you know, there's a lot to to balance in that, um, and it's all reflected in this like wonderful letter. How do you write something so personal without fearing judgment of people who might read the letter? Mm. My God, I mean, that's a that's a really good question. Um, well, you know, um, writing really personal stuff is usually the best kind of writing, I think, um, because it comes out of a place that's so true and raw. Um, And that's really where all the good stuff is. That's like the epitome of putting your heart on your sleeve for people to see. Um, And it's like, there is nothing more true in this world than an open heart, honestly. Um, that's, that's the only like true thing there is. Um, and I think there's a lot of that in this book, people like being, putting themselves out there and like saying, you know what, I know I'm not the only one that deals with this. Um, I bet you there's somebody else out there who is dealing with this kind of loss, um, or grappling with how to love somebody, um, who's struggling with addiction and like is going through a mental health crisis, um, you know, there's a mistake I think that we make in society by letting people believe that they're alone in terms of mental health. Um, And that's something I felt really strongly about um, counterbalancing. Um, And it's important to try to do that with your writing when you have the platform to do so, I think. I hope that answers your question. No, it definitely
0: did because being vulnerable is something that I've, I feel like I'm an open book when I talk to like strangers. I'm just like asking anything, like whatever. I I just like people to feel comfortable. And I guess me being an open-ended book, I feel like that helps people open up to me as well. But then there is some kind of pushback in my mind where I'm like, oh, like I don't want them to judge me based off of this. But like you said, like people are going through the same thing. So it's important to be open and like let other people share your struggles and to know they're not alone. So that does change my perspective a bit, especially in college. I went to Alabama for school. Um, so it was just like such a difficult thing that I wanted to like mm-hmm. figure out because I was also in a sorority, like a white sorority. Um, so I was just like, I don't want them to know like that much about me because I like, didn't want them to already have this Supreme judgment because the South was such a weird place mm-hmm. to navigate, especially after being at field. Mm -hmm. you're trying to like figure out like what part of them I wanted to know about judgment
1: right yeah
0: you think like what you said is important about having people being able to like relate to you and realizing that they're not alone
1: so yeah and there's a there's a definite like racial component to what you're saying too I think that there is um a unique pressure that's placed on black people that like if you know we look bad we look bad quote unquote then the entire race looks bad you know and that's that's a struggle that's uniquely ours um but this book was really for black people to be vulnerable so it was important to like you know hard on the sleeve let it all hang out
0: but you mentioned your favorite letter and how that was kind of like a sad letter do you have a letter that you like to look back on that's I don't want to say happier because I feel like that takes away from the other letter but you have like a more uplifting letter I guess but you're proud of that's in the book
1: oh my god um I am like so enamored with all of these letters to be honest Mm -hmm. Um, and there are a lot of letters that are like pure joy um if I had to name one I think Morgan Jerkins who is a writer wrote this letter to Egypt, which was really interesting. Um, It was definitely like a letter about herself and it was like her joy of traveling alone um, to this ancient city um, and how she had this long love of Egypt and she always wanted to go and she decided she was gonna go and that she was worth the trip, you know, taking by herself and just like taking in this beautiful, you know, city that has been around for so long and how humbling it was to be there um and so that was one really like just joyous letter that was just about her happiness um another letter I really loved was by Jamila Woods it's actually the first letter in the book the poet Mm -hmm. and singer Jamila Woods um wrote a letter to her grandmother um who she called her muse which was very sweet she was like you are very much at the center of all of my inspiration in my career um, which I just that was really wonderful the letter is like half poetry half um, you know written address Um, that was really wonderful Tarana Burke the activist um, of the Me Too movement also wrote a letter to her grandmother and she had this line that was like so so moving Um, she said that like when a grandmother when a black grandmother dies it's like a library falls down or a library burns down essentially you know like all this knowledge and storytelling that is passed down um through these women you know they carry so much information of our history um and she was talking about her grandmother and she said like all 80 eight, all 80 years of your life mattered and i was like oh just the way she put great. it is just great so there's There's a lot of stuff in this book that, you know, it's both hard to get through, I think, but it's mostly joyous, you know, it's mostly like soft places to land. Yeah. Um, When you're done with a
0: book like this, Mm -hmm. and you said it was a two, three-year process, how do you move on from that book? Or how do you learn how to put that in the, not back of your mind, because obviously you're proud of the work, but how do you just learn to wait because I feel like the waiting period probably has to be really tough because you just like want to see the product now but what's the process of making the book and then your thoughts after it and then seeing it actually come mm-hmm. to be real and like your first time holding the book can you tell us a little bit more about that and like what you felt like
1: sure um so I think we officially like finished the book um early spring I would say um so there was like an editing process afterwards and we work with like this really amazing team at Sando. Um, And uh, I think the last letter we pulled into the book was like in February or so, I want to say. And then there's like a copy editing period, obviously. Um, And just like rereading and rereading and rereading and organizing the flow of the book. Um, And then at some point you have like a final date where it's like, you can't touch it anymore don't try to change anything and it's actually a bit scary um to know that like after this it's done you cannot touch this anymore um this is this book is closed truly <laughs> um and that was like a bit scary um because I was like oh my god our work is done here like I hope I hope I'm like crossing my fingers I'm praying that there's there are no mistakes or no spelling mistakes there you know we got everyone's letter in and that like we've done their letters justice by how they're organized and and edited a bit so you know uh to actually hold the book in my hands this past week was like a bit terrifying because I was like I hope that these contributors feel like we did their letters justice um and I'm terrified of what people are going to you know how people are going to react to reading this thing um because I've just been looking at it for so long um that I'm like, I don't know what other people are gonna make of it, Um, but also just like really amazed. I've never seen that many of my illustrations together like that anyways. Um, So that was both like, you know, a big career moment for me, Um, but it was just so crazy to hold this thing I've been working on for three years in my hand, you know, like contained in those pages was like a lot of of labor, so Mm -hmm. wild. (laughs) To talk
0: more about your art, can you tell us more about you as an artist? You told us a little bit more about your medium, but when did you realize that art was your thing and that you were actually good at it? Cause I feel like everyone says anyone can be an artist. It's just how you view things.
1: Hmm. Um, that's a good question. I think that I started to develop the style that I, I still have while I was in high school, like at field. Um, I did black and white photography with Karen um, and darkroom photography, and I had this moment where I was creating all of these um, negatives that would essentially, like, go over, um, a de- I think it was called a developer, um, essentially to, like, create illustrations on top of a photo, like, create this other layer, and, like, play with light and um, negative space, and see how they interact with each other, Um, and I was just, like, doing that for, like, a couple months, and I was, like, I think I like illustration, like, I think I'm, I think I'm a little bit more obsessed with this, like, black and white illustration thing than, and I'm way more enamored with that than I am with, like, photography, Um, and at one point, I did this project where I projected these illustrations, illustrations I did onto um, a whiteboard and, like, had people walk through them and, like, take photos of them doing that, and I just, like, loved looking at how these lines moved and interacted with their, you know, their bodies and their shadows. Um, And so I got to be really obsessed with that. And I took that with me when I went to college um, in California. And there were there was a, a real culture of like campus protest, I think, where I went to school, also a very liberal, progressive place in Claremont, California. Um, And I started doing a lot of protest art um, and in this like black and white style. And it was very like politically informed. Um, And I started to get really interested in playing with the concept of race. So I started by drawing like um, black people um, with these like very sharp, jagged lines um, to denote, you know, race. Um, And I thought it was like an interesting idea to play with black and white I'm biracial I'm both black and white and to put those together and watch how this like really interesting composition comes to life um so I started playing with that more and getting really interested in like all the different ways you can just play with black and white um and so that's where my style started to get started to really form um and after college I went to MSNBC I was a writer there for a few years, but I kept illustrating. Um, and I had like, you know, my little Instagram just for drawing. Um, but it was it was more like a side passion, something I, I enjoyed doing on the side, but it wasn't like my full career. Um, and I had this art show um, a few years ago, like before the pandemic began, where I just like wanted to have my friends and family around for this like big collection of stuff that i had done over the years and just to look at it look at it and be in this like this black and white room and just to watch people walk around them, and i thought it was really cool um so i had this art show and my friend was like you really are an artist like you could just do this if you wanted to which was the first time i think i really took that seriously um and then the pandemic happened <laughs> And I needed to like really ground myself in something. So I turned back to illustration. Um, And I was like, you know what, the world is changing. People don't just have one job anymore. They wear many hats. I think I'm just gonna be someone that wears a lot of hats. Um, And I'm gonna self craft my career, you know? Uh, I'm just gonna have a a hyphenated, complicated, chaotic brand, I guess. and so then I started working with Cole um, for his book. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do this. Like, I'm just going to keep finding a way to make art a part of my life. Um, and yeah, the rest is is history right now.
0: <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Natalie Johnson. A Black Love Letter officially comes out October 24th. But if you want to pre-order it now, I'm going to put links in the description.